0: Sweet, I feel like kind of naked without the screen, it's weird, I don't think I should feel that way, but like this is black screen binding. Um, Yeah, a couple quick things coming up, there's a post on the window outside, like an analog version of things that are coming up for those who just don't do email or, uh, oh, Maddie and Killian are here, first of all, Maddie and Killian just got married this weekend, yes i didn't expect to see you welcome uh, congratulations give them some love when you see them later on give them a hug uh, beautiful wedding uh, really excited to have you guys here and in our community and just like yeah pretty awesome so had to give that shout out um, but yeah lots of things coming up we got men's this week we've got women's started up again we've got couples this friday we've got the young life thing we've got a friends giving so all the things uh take a look at the posting outside or check your email in your app so now, we've been looking at this in the series kind of called This Is New and talking about like who we are and why we do what we do and because it seems kind of chaotic sometimes or without rhyme or reason, but there is, and it starts with Jesus. We looked at that a couple weeks ago and, and, and toward a place of belonging, creating spaces of belonging for us, and really our, our, our goal is to, is to be a community of belonging, so where people can belong, centered around the revelation of Jesus, right? So it's not just a social club where we can all feel connected, but it's centered on the revelation of Jesus and how we, how we grow and connect and learn together following him am right? And we don't just, we don't just focus on Jesus, not one another, we need one another as well. So it's these kind of both things. And today we're going to talk a little bit, at least start some of the kind of church mechanics, things that we do here, and and maybe expectations, or or even obligations, which seems kind of like a harsh word, but what does it mean to, to be here? What does it mean to, to follow Jesus in context of a community, or in context of even of, of this community, right? Because sometimes we like to ask, when we get involved with something, often we say, what do I have to do, right? What, what do I have to do? What's the assignment, um, you know, what, what, what things have to take place, how much or how little can I do to get by, right? Even in our faith, sometimes there's sort of this, this question that people might ask, like, well, I don't want to go to the bad place when I die. Uh, what do I have to do to get to the good place? Like, what's like the baseline? What, what, what's the minimum? And it's, it's by grace that we're saved. We know that it's by grace we're saved, not by works, by nothing else, right? That's our ultimately our salvation. But it's also uh, we also live by love, right? So it's like by grace we're saved and it's by love that we live. So there's ways that we practice life here while we while we embrace what, what comes next. And I have, uh, you know, I have three kids right now who are all taking college classes. Two are in college, one's finishing up high school, taking college. And it's hard. Like college work is hard. I haven't done that for a while. It's it's hard work. Um, and, you know, to none of us really in our family, our kids are are bright, but like, we're not, like, academics don't come particularly easy to really any of us, right? It's probably my fault for eating too many pain chips as a kid or whatever, but it's, like, it's hard. Like, sitting down to some of this stuff is hard. And the goal, on one hand, when you look at a class or, or a test or something you have to get through, it's, like, what do I have to do to pass, right? That's sort, of, that's sort of a question. That's, like, what do I have to do to pass? How do I get by this? But the other hand, you think, well, it's not just to pass. Like, what do I have to do to, to learn and practice this discipline well? And this is really any schooling anything that comes your way it's continuing education it's work it's you know it's it's wherever you're kind of at in life that these things come at you you go well what's like the what's the baseline what i got to get a 60 right but that's not really the goal right it's to understand and learn and, and practice discipline well but as things get hard if we look at even the the classes my kids are in we're, we're working you know, we're trying to help them as we can it's like all right want going to do this but as things get get busy and as other things come up as as it gets hard you run out of time and other things you know other things happen What well, maybe you thought you're like i'm going to do my best here i'm going to strive to, to get a's i'm going to do really well i'm going to understand this well but as life sort of fills in it becomes like ah, oh, i don't know what do i have to do to pass what do i have to do to pass and often our faith our faith follows the same pattern like sometimes early on we love to embrace following jesus and 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 living out my spiritual destiny it's exciting i want to see god move within me and through me i want to be a leader and a guide and a world changer for the kingdom so that my life really matters like we're passionate about these things but as we get busy and new bills come in and there's so many shows to watch it's kind of like i don't know what do i have to do to pass what do i have to do to pass what do i have to do to be be a part of new like oh i'm gonna do everything to serve i'm gonna give i'm gonna be like wow i'm kind of busy what do i have to do to just like stay stay here Right? even if you know like what do we have to do to get to heaven which never seemed like the message of the early church like well all you have to do is this and then nothing else because if we reduce it down to that if we reduce it down to this how do i get into heaven if we reduce it down to what gets me into heaven we are missing the point of thy kingdom come thy kingdom come we're missing the point of it so while we are saved by grace and the works that we do in and through the church it's, it's not legalism it doesn't mean god loves you more or less it's just part of the reality of the assignment of being the church, of being the church and embracing what God has for us, what Jesus has for us while we walk the planet Earth. It's exciting that kingdom come right? on Earth as it is in heaven. Like we get to be part of that. Like that will be done. And the early church had lots of problems. I mean, the early church we love to look at, we will, we will continue to look at, but had tons of church drama uh, church scandals, church hurts. Not, none of this is new. We look at the church and say, ah, such a train wreck. Hey, it wasn't that great even to start. Because it was made of people and it had problems. So we don't look to the early church as a perfect model, but when I look at the early church and I see the movement, I'm like, ah, oh, well, they were very close to the source. I do like that. They were close to the source and they focused on the right things. Right? The early church focused on the right things. Some of our practices that are new, you might see on our website, other places is. Sundays, we just call it Sundays, right? and We gather on Sundays to keep our family connected and growing in the same direction as we develop a life of worship. Right? That's Sundays, it, it's important. Right? And one of the lessons of COVID and the pandemic and all that, you know, 2020, 2021 stuff, we learned so much that we need each other. And not just that we need each other, but we need to be with each other. We need to be physically present with one another. I need to look one another in the face. I need to see you. Right? And it was so divisive. And if you were here during these times or wherever you were, you remember this. It was a very divisive time. I mean, families were, were, weren't doing Thanksgiving together. Right? Churches were splitting. It was just crazy. And I remember one of those first times, even in our, you know, in our church, different opinions about all kinds of things, right? It's challenging to hold that together. But I remember one of those first times we got together in person. And people would kind of see each other and like, oh my gosh, I miss you. I, 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 don't, even, I don't actually hate you despite what you post on Facebook. Even though we, we disagree I, I about the clickbait you, click, clickbait you share on Instagram, like, I, I love seeing you, right? And this isolation, isolation, isolationism sometimes that we, we put on ourselves, right? sometimes it's just life happens. It, it can breed contempt right? and often lack of vision when I don't see something, it breeds skepticism, right? Lack of vision breeds skepticism, but we need to see each other. We need to peer into each other's eyes. We need that, that helps us stay together. I'm for online tools and connecting that way, but I knew straight away as we utilize that during that time, this is not where I want to be. This is not where I want to spend more time or even invest more time. I want to be with one another. And we're not with one another. We know this, right? When you you miss an experience, you feel disconnected. That's just what happens. You feel sometimes even insecure. Uh, You might feel like you're growing apart. Sometimes even bitter, bitterness will set in on that. So if you're missing too many experiences with whomever that is, you just start to like, I don't know, maybe I don't belong. You know, maybe those aren't my people. You know, I didn't ever like those people anyway. And that's sort of the continuum we take when we miss too much of one another. My brother, he's turned 30 today, big dinner party last night, like awesome catered custom dinner that he threw in his courtyard. Amazing, I would have loved to be there. Guess what, nobody told me, Uh, you know? No one told me I wasn't invited. I found out way too late. And guess what? That makes me feel insecure. Like, oh, man, they don't don't care. It makes me feel separated. Oh, man, I guess I'm not really part of the the family anymore. And to some extent, I can become bitter and angry. That's what happens when we miss out on stuff. And sometimes the church can do that. It could inadvertently make you feel left out. A lot of times we do that to ourselves because we just don't connect when we, we have opportunity to. And you know how this feels when a group does something together, you miss. They're growing closer, they have stories and you're just kind of drifting further away. Now, none of us, and this is talking kind of about Sundays, there's other opportunities in the church. None of us can be at everything. It's just impossible, right? There's there's sports and work and travel and family and, and vacation and all the things, I get that, right? None of us can be at everything. But we have to acknowledge at least the value of the gathering and the danger of falling out of rhythm just to say yeah you know what if i'm not there there's a chance i'm not going to feel connected anymore and if i don't feel connected i'm going to feel left out i'm going to feel insecure and i'm going to feel maybe bitter and angry that's just what happens right that this is just life it's not just the church so the, the gathering together is important because it keeps us connected and moving forward together and when people say they don't feel connected to the church i've been in church in and out of different churches for years people say they don't feel connected but they also rarely show up on sunday and never come to anything else it's like, uh, I don't know to tell you. That's where we connect. This is the family gathering. These are the family dinners. These are the family meetings. You don't have to come to them, but that's where people connect. This is the family trip, right? Again, not legalistic here, just an acknowledgement of the value of time together, of presence, of grabbing a coffee or doing on the patio, sitting here listening to, to whatever's happening up here, to being part of the thing not working, right? It's all shared experience we grow together. Acts 2.46 says this is early church kind of the rhythms. Uh, this is Acts, you know, beginning of, right after Pentecost. The, the, the church is really starting to explode. They're trying to figure out how we live. It says every day they continue to meet together in temple courts. It said, while something's happening, while God's moving, we better keep meeting together. Right, let's, we need each other in this. It wasn't initially, oh, God's moving, let's all disperse. The missionaries honor it by ourselves to other places. Like, no, we need to keep meeting together. And they're fired up. Let's keep meeting together. Not just for fun, because they wanted to see God moving. And they needed one another for that. Hebrews 10 says this in 24, let us consider how we may spur one another on toward love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. So not showing up is not encouraging. Not showing up is not encouraging. And sometimes we don't want to show up. It's hot, we're busy, whatever's happening. Something's games on. But we show up for things all the time that we don't feel like it. I hope you do at least. We show up for things all the time we don't feel like it because it matters, maybe not to us, but to someone else. It matters to someone else, right? It's your nephew's play that you don't want to see, but you know what? It matters. It's a memorial service. You don't really know the people, but you know it will matter to somebody, right? It's someone's birthday. Like, we're ah, not that but It matters to them. We show up to things like, I don't want to, do, but it matters to someone else. And sometimes church is that way. Like, oh, I don't really need it. I am feel connected. I'm fine. But you know what? It matters to someone else that you're here. It matters. And living life by what we feel or don't feel like just kind of reduces us to being two-year-olds without a parent. Right? We don't want that. I just do what I want. I, don't, I like it. I do it. If I don't like it, I don't do it. That's, that's no way to live, right? We know that. And can you be a Christian and, and know Jesus without community? Yeah, sure. Technically, you can, I guess. But honestly, it's like a very weird and unnecessary way to follow Jesus. He's given us so much. But can you do Christian community without church? I don't think so. I don't, I don't see a way to do that. Church has a lot of problems, uh, but it's the called out, right? We're called out, ecclesia. It's God's chosen vehicle to express his love to the world. Jesus loves the church. That's why I'm, I'm very careful to not bash church. Again, church is not perfect, has problems, does terrible things, hurts people. But guess what? It's Jesus' bride. He still loves it. He still loves her. Jesus loves the church. So he laid down her life for her. And so for us to say, I'm not really into her, wow. That's, the church seems like something pretty important to Jesus. Does it have to look like this? Like, can you do it without it being on Sunday morning? Sure. I'm sure there are other churches who have figured that out. Sunday morning just seems to work in our culture, and barely, and barely so. Right? It used to work better. Now it's like any other day. This is why you meet on Sunday mornings. You have to no. But this is the family gathering, and what I've seen, and what we've said it. I'll say it again. I'll say it in the future. People fall away from community before they fall away from God. Like, well, I don't really need people. I just have God. I'm going to go. You know, I go on a walk. That's my time with God. That's nice. It can work for a little while. But experience tells me, the optics tell me, as you drift away from Christian community, eventually you're going to probably drift away from God. Second big thing, and uh, we'll go just do two today, but Sundays, this important of Sundays, is hospitality. We live in hospitality. Hospitality is we share life in homes, opening our doors to one another as we share meals and learn to follow Jesus. Again, Acts 2 stuff, Acts 2.46. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. Right, so they do the temple courts thing, Right with worship and the teaching, they do the temple courts, but then they break bread in homes together with glad sincere hearts. And biblical hospitality, because hospitality is big uh, throughout the entire text, but particularly in the New Testament as we look at it, it's huge. But biblical hospitality is not really a high priority for most Western churches. But it was vital to the growth and stability and daily life of the early church. I mean, it's as important as the temple. And we do a lot of hospitality here. Right? We're in and out of homes. My wife and I personally do a ton of hospitality. Right? Our friends outside the church can't even understand why there are always so many people at our house. And now we have a good home for it now, right? We've been to our home. We also bought this home for it. Like that was, that was a large part of the reason. And if you're new, if you're new, new in the past couple years, we haven't always lived in this home. Like People say, oh, it must be easy for you to uh, you know, have hospitality, have people over all the time. Look at your home. It's great for it. And we're grateful for that but we lived in a town home with no yard and no parking for years, for like, I don't know, 10, 12, 13 years. And there's a lot of stuff we loved about that and we miss. And it wasn't some place you'd look at like, oh, this place is great for hosting. And yet we hosted a ton of stuff. We hosted some outrageous parties. Some of you have been there. We've moved furniture for dinners. We designed the garage into a dance studio where you used to utilize the back alley. Like you can do it with whatever you have open up the doors open up the backyard hospitality is not about space it's about spirit it's about spirit you know this when, even in your very modest even a small restaurant or a small bar just feels like oh man this feels like home it doesn't have to be big and grand and spacious and perfectly designed and we have some of those homes too those are great it's about you it's about the spirit of hospitality it's about god working in you to make someone feel welcome I think it's similar i look at it similar to the way we sometimes talk about giving so we say about this with giving you give with a little as you would with a lot you give with a little as you would with a lot so when we talk about giving sometimes it's easy to say well if i had more i would give more ah i don't know that to be true i I haven't seen that well if i just get a little more money then i'll be able to give more well you you might but you might just like redo your floors right like you might buy another car like, if you add, we you know this, as your, as your money grows, right, you're, so do your expenses. And same with hospitality. Well, if I had a bigger yard, if I had a bigger house, then I would be more hospitable to people. Mm, I don't know. Oh, maybe, but you might not. You are with a little as you would be with a lot. And sometimes God asks us, right? We know this, to be faithful in those small. Like, I don't have much. God's like, that's plenty. Oh, my house doesn't look like that. Your house is perfect. Yeah, but I barely. No, give it to God. Let him use it. Let him see what he can do. When you give your best to God, like the best you can do, the most you can do, even if it feels like the least in your community, but you give it to God, he makes the magic happen. Because it's not about your abilities or your stuff. It's about your availability. It's about your availability. Romans 12, 13 says this, contribute to the needs of the saints and seek to show hospitality. So care for one another as you see it. Like as the needs come up, care for it but also seek to show hospitality, seek to show hospitality, meaning don't wait for someone to come to you or to your door, seek to show hospitality to someone else. Sometimes a seeker is also practicing hospitality. Hospitality is this really crazy word and we'll kind of close out in just a few minutes here, but it's this, it's this really cool word about practicing hospitality in the Greek and it's like philoxenia, phyloxenia. And it's these two words friends and stranger and it can be defined as love of strangers, love of strangers, or to show hospitality to strangers. Now, some of you are good with that, like show hospitality to strangers. And the Bible talks a lot about it. Like some of you, are like, oh, that's cool. Others are like, whoa, whoa, hospitality to strangers. Like maybe if I knew this was important, I could have could have been a deal breaker with you and Jesus. Like, wait, I have to show love to strangers, invite them into my space and my life and my home. It seems like it. Now, strangers doesn't necessarily have to mean the most random person on the street, but it could. It's like, I don't really know them that well, but have them over. Maybe you'll get to know them that well. Philoxenia, friend, stranger, love toward strangers, hospitality toward others. Hebrews 13.2 says this, do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unawares. This really cool passage. Like, man, there may be people walking around that you don't know anything about. And this, the writer in Hebrew says, there's even angels who are cruising. You just show hospitality to one. It's crazy to think about, but it's awesome, too. First Peter 4.9 says this, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. Because sometimes it's easy to open up your home like, I guess I'll do women's dinner, but it's going to suck. You know, like, no, that's sorry. That's not the attitude. Right? Peter says, show hospitality to one another without grumbling. You can come up. No, it's, it's, it's getting hot up here for me. <laughs> well, let's either stop now or go another 40 minutes. Uh, this is, I'm going to read this. So this is commentary on, on hospitality commands in the, in the New Testament. During the early centuries of Christianity, it was the Roman church more than any other which was distinguished by the generosity with which it practiced this virtue, hospitality a living interest in the collective church of christ throbbed with peculiar rigor throughout the roman church the practice of hospitality was one of its manifestations but this idea of welcoming one another in homes taking people off the street rescuing you know babies who were left out to die this was the early church practicing hospitality in a very hostile environment that's how it thrived that's how it worked and it was beautiful. So we have this, right? We have this, we believe in this. It's it's sometimes easy to miss when it's raining or it's a nice day or whatever's going on. But I just think it's important. And then it's being in homes. It's showing up at someone's home. And then, hey, open up your home. And I get it. Some of you are like, man, I, I I have kids and all this stuff. There's times and maybe it's just not right for you. But if you're waiting for it to be perfect, like, ah, it could be a while. It could be a while. Just bring it to God. So I'm going to pray for us. I think the challenge as we go through these things in the next couple of weeks. Just so much. It's just time to step up. Like I don't know what that means for you. Maybe you're like maybe it's your first step. Maybe it's like yeah, I've been kind of cruising in the same level of faith for a long time. Maybe you've even like gone down. It's like it's time to step up a little bit. It's time to step up a little bit. That's just a challenge. That's not to be meant to be hard or difficult. Let me pray for you. Mm-hmm. Something. God, thank you for uh, this morning, for who you are, just for loving the church, Lord, as, uh, as messy as we all are, as the collective organization is. We thank you that you love us. Pray for your uh, continued grace and presence with us. Those who just feeling like, oh yeah, it's me. I need to step up. I don't know what that means for you. I just pray the Holy Spirit would speak to you some area of your life in or out of the church. Uh, it's time to embrace this journey. Get a little closer to Jesus. In your name, amen.